Good morning and welcome again to Fitzroy Online through Fitzroy TV. If you're a member of Fitzroy, um, you're very welcome this morning. I know that some of you you even dress up for this, as of course I do. This is the only time in the week I wear a shirt um, for the service. Um, and um, I, I think some of you maybe even stand for the hymns. Um, so if you're a Fitzer, you're very welcome. We are very aware and very thrilled to have so many more uh, members of Fitzroy or visitors to Fitzroy via Fitzroy TV and YouTube out there across the world. I know people who listen once they get up in Vancouver and Alberta and Ohio. Uh, it's wonderful to have you all as members of Fitzroy during this coronavirus times. One of the advantages of this downtime. First of all, and somebody said to me this week, they love Fitzroy Family Focus. It's amazing when you're in these situations how the familiar can just be a comfort. And so who would ever have thought that Fitzroy Family Focus that goes on and on and on at the start of our service would be a comfort. People have said to me, it's really good to hear Family Focus. So just to say again tonight, I got it wrong last week. There was no uh, Instagram worship last week, no passion worship at seven o'clock, but there is this week. It's Catherine Ford and no doubt Sophie will be joining her for that. And Catherine's a wonderful leader of worship and that's at seven o'clock to 7.30 on Instagram because that's where the cool kids get down. And at the same time, though, you can listen to it all week and therefore you can do the passion worship like we will probably do and then listen to Gary Burnett at 7.30, but it goes live at 7. Gary's wonderful series, Paul and 10. So he's doing the teachings of the Apostle Paul. He's doing it in a 10-week series, all 10-minute chunks. They are brilliant. I love them. And um, I'm encouraging all of you to catch up with them. There's five have been. So 50 minutes, an hour this afternoon, and uh, you'll be able to catch up before Gary goes uh, on air at 7 o'clock tonight. Prayer meeting on Tuesday at 7. That has gone out, that invitation, for six or seven weeks, because that's our expectation of Zoom prayer. Uh, if, you're, if you haven't got that, then you need to just let me know, and I will put you on that. If you are on my uh, prayer list for invites, might be just good to look in your junk mail because sometimes when you send so many, people might miss them because it might go into junk. Somebody might say it's from Steve Stockman. We're putting that in junk. So just check that out. And uh, the ladies will be meeting on Friday as usual. Uh, Fitzroy Children's Ministry, Fitzroy Youth Ministry, all kinds of things happen. And Fitzroy is alive and well and very active at this point in time. Just want to finish Family Focus with a thank you. Two weeks ago, um, I showed a short video of our friends, Trinity and Levixen, who were with us in Fitzroy just last year. Um, they're uh, two boys who grew up in the slums of Kampala, the Kosovo slum of Kampala. They were street kids. Um, Levixen showed me the pool table that he slept under until he was 10 years of age. He had no English at 10 years of age, but by accident playing football in a school playground when some uh, Irish visitors were there, he got noticed and got sponsored. And Levixen and Trinity both went through the Fields of Life sponsorship program. And today they are doing amazing things on that slum. Levixen's a pop star in, uh, uh, in Uganda. And Trinity has got an amazing media company that uh, employs loads of people and does uh, websites for people all around the world. Uh, they have been feeding 5,000 people on the slums of Kampala and Kosovo and Katanga. And a couple of weeks ago, just as an introduction to my prayer, I showed their video. Uh, I didn't ask for any money. I didn't even know that there was actually any money to be sent. And you guys in Fitzroy and visitors who come into Fitzroy were amazing. And um, apparently you're going to hear right now from Tony Gasson from Fields of Life. And his phone was pinging all afternoon with your donations. We didn't even ask for any money. That's the generosity of Fitzroy and the generosity of you associate members of Fitzroy. And so Tony has done an amazing thing that he has sent us a thank you that comes from him. And you're going to hear from Trinity as well. We're going to play it now. Fitzroy Church. Wow. Thank you so much uh, for your amazing generosity. I think it was two Sundays ago. Um, I get notified each time a donation comes in. And I think at about quarter past 11 until about quarter past one, my phone was constantly ringing. So that was because so many of you at your church um, had been helping um, to 
um, to, to bring relief and to bring care and to bring love, support, comfort to people who are suffering um, really hard during this lockdown season. So I just want to say thank you so much. Uh, your support um, is not taken for granted and it really will save lives. I hope this video from Trinity will, will give you a flavour for just what your support has been able to achieve. Thank you. Yeah, I'm Pastor Mark from uh, Congo. I'm welding a church here for refugees. Now I thank you very much for all what you did for us uh, because the refugees have bad life here in Uganda. But if you do these such things, it is very well. We appreciate you uh, because now they can get some food to eat and uh, they can survive. Forgive us the food, I'm happy, I'm happy so much. For behalf of everything, for all refugees, I just say thank you, thank you. God bless you. God give you blessing, abundantly blessing for you. God bless you. So coming out of Fitzroy Family Focus this week, we want to take a, a more solemn term. Uh, we uh, we have lost some uh, folk in the last few weeks, not Fitzroy personally, but members of Fitzroy have lost loved ones. Uh, Paul Clark um, lost his father. Uh, Ruth Haran lost her grandmother. Uh, Pervena uh, lost her mother in Syria. And uh, that distance uh, is very difficult. The distance... Uh, that people are losing loved ones, whether it's through COVID-19 or just natural uh, passing away, is very difficult at this time. And this week, uh, Gareth Graham and Fluidair um, lost uh, their mothers. And so we want to just stop for a second and remember them and uh, just uh, for them and their families uh, at this time. So let's take just a second and I will pray and then we will come out of that prayer uh, into the introduction for our first worship. Lord, the passing of a loved one is difficult at the best of times, but even tougher during coronavirus. And so we pray for the Clark family, the Haran family, for Parvena, for Garth, for Flo. We pray, Lord, that as they've lost in uh, interesting and challenging times, that your Holy Spirit would be close to them. And that they would know that the Holy Spirit was close to their loved one as they passed, even though for some of them, they weren't there with them. We thank you, Lord, that the Holy Spirit has been called a comforter. We thank you that the Holy Spirit is everywhere all at once. And we pray for that comfort and compassion from you, our shepherd, this very morning, particularly for these families of Fitzroy. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. It is Good Shepherd Sunday. That's what they do at this time in the lectionary in uh, both the Catholic tradition and in the Reformed tradition. And so on Good Shepherd Sunday, uh, the best way into worship is to remember that verse in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall lack nothing. And then a verse that will be read to us later by Aaron, which tells us that I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. Let us worship God.
Our reading today is from the Gospel according to John, chapter 10, verses 1 to 11. Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognise a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep.
For the people of God, prayer is a first response. It's a last resort and it's every effort in between. We have in our God a loving Father who sees, hears, cares and searches for us. He calls us into prayer to place us before him and to bring himself to us. So let's join together this morning in prayer. And as we pray, let's remember our young people. Loving Heavenly Father, we give thanks for our young people, for their vibrancy, their energy, their ability to see things as they are, their sense of injustice and their desire to build a better, fairer world. We acknowledge that they are not merely the Fitzroy of tomorrow. They are very much the Fitzroy of today. They are precious to us and we love them. But we are mindful that their world has changed dramatically over the past six weeks. So we remember our young people as they find themselves in this season, bearing the sorrow of their separation from friends and from relatives. Lord, bring them comfort as they experience the missingness of loved ones and as they miss the regular contact with children's and youth ministry leaders, with teachers, and with coaches. We acknowledge, O oh Lord, that it is a right and good thing to miss deeply those whom we love but with whom we cannot be physically present. So grant our young people, grant all of us, the courage to love well in this time of absence. And use even the sadness now to enable us to better love in times of absence and in times of presence alike. O Lord, grant our young people the strength to handle the pressure of these days and the ability to keep a proper perspective through it all. Many of them have concerns about how long this will continue and the long-term impact of this virus on their lives and their futures. We remember especially those young people and students who are experiencing disappointment, worry or concern regarding GCSE A-level and university exams. We pray that they will know the presence and peace of Jesus in the midst of their questions, worries and fears. O Lord, we're thankful for the gift of technology and the various ways we've been able to maintain connection and togetherness even while we are apart. But we are also aware that in a world so wired and interconnected, our anxious hearts are pummeled by an endless barrage of troubling news in social media. Give our young people discernment in the face of so much information. We pray for their mental and emotional well-being. So Lord, guard and protect the hearts and minds of all our children and young people. Give them discernment, Lord, to know when to simply shut off their screens and their devices and to sit quietly in your presence, casting the burdens of this world upon the strong shoulders of the one who is able to bear them up. Lord, help our young people to use this time to reflect on life and to give thanks, to find their security in God's ultimate promises and his presence to evaluate all of life's priorities or pressures with a fresh perspective. Help them to grow in their love for Jesus and for others and to draw strength and direction from your word. And Lord, help all of us who are older to remember the adventure and joy of youth as well as the challenges and frustrations and enable us to help our young people by our prayers our example, and our friendship. Help us to recognise stress and sadness, despair and loneliness. Help us to share the burden in whatever way we can. Lord, give our young people what they need today. May they hang on to the truth that God chose to be with them and for them in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that there is nothing that can shake 
God's will to love them. May the truth of these words from Zephaniah chapter 3 verse 17 flood their hearts and minds today. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty saviour. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love he will calm your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
I'm not sure how early in the week it was, but Janice noticed something and shared it with me. And as the week went on, not only did we feel that it was correct, but anybody we spoke to was going, absolutely. It was as if Janice noticed um, a new weariness, an extra anxiety, a little bit more fragility in all of us at the start of the week. And we've called it the um, six-week wall. Uh, and I, I began to unpack that and realized it's totally understandable because we've been learning new things for six weeks. We've had to find new rhythms. I've been trying to learn how to preach a sermon differently so that I can I, I visualize sermons and look at the screen rather than looking at notes. Um, we've been trying to work Zoom. We've been trying to work out how to get on to Zoom. We've been cooped up with our families with different rhythms there. We've been uh, anxious as we've gone out to shops. There's a uh, there is a, a new protocol of crossing the road when you see somebody coming, but that's that's all uh, an intensity of life. And so six weeks in to this marathon, suddenly we find ourselves in a wee bit of a hitting a wall. And I've been trying to share in any ways that I can that uh, a couple of things about that, that first of all, we need to understand that and understand that everybody's going through it. When we were, uh, we were out to the shops this week and it was only my second time in Crichton's in seven weeks and the girl behind the counter knew. She said, I could tell that you were a wee bit nervous. <laughs> so so we've lost some skills that we used to have. But as soon as I said to her, yeah, I feel everybody said, oh, absolutely, she says, well, there's definitely a wall. And last night we were going down um, Osborne Park beside us and somebody said, oh, you're Steve Stockman. And we discovered who they were. And uh, when we suggested this to them, they said, totally, totally. We've Everybody that we've spoken to has experienced this sense of the wall. So be gentle with yourself and be gentle with other people, because I think not only are we on a marathon, but in most marathons, you know where the end line is. Whereas at the minute, we're not sure when we're coming out of this or how we're coming out of this. So there's there's a lot of anxiety. And as a result of that, there could be no better week for a good shepherd Sunday than probably this particular Sunday, because it seems to me we desperately need a shepherd this particular Sunday. And for some reason in the church calendar, um, the third Sunday after Easter Sunday has always been Good Shepherd Sunday. Who knew? Uh, the third Sunday um, after, well, lots of people knew, but not not me, because as a as, as a Northern Ireland Presbyterian, we didn't look at the lectionary. We kind of studied three books. And it's been a wonderfully um, freeing thing to, to do the lectionary, but it's an incredibly informative thing to do the lectionary. And to come to this third Sunday after Easter every year and find that we're in John chapter 10, which is obviously my favorite chapter because it's John 10, 10, 10, 10 being my birthday and 10, 10 being this incredible offer from God that we might have life in all its fullness. So in this time of fragility, this time when we're being stretched mentally and spiritually to have a good shepherd who offers us life in all its fullness, well, that's a good Sunday sermon. And what we need to understand, or what I picked up this week, because I, I said at the outset, we would learn a lot of things about the Bible, reading it in the context of lockdown, in the context of these pressurized uh, times. And looking at John 10, and obviously, as I said last year, but who am I to have the ego to think you remember John 10 last year, um, that, that, that this John 10 comes out of John chapter 9. So basically, Jesus has healed a blind man. Um, he hasn't told the blind man who he is. He's just healed him. And basically, there's a drama goes off in John chapter 9. His, his, the, the religious leaders are saying, you can't be healed because you couldn't be healed by that guy because that guy's a bad guy and he's not one of us. And So you couldn't be healed. And the blind man's just saying, I have no idea what the debate is. All I know is that I've been healed. And then the parents get involved and the religious leaders go to the parents. And there's this drama in this town and this poor man who was blind and now sees and wants to celebrate it has become some sort of an offensive means of attacking Jesus. And then we move into this chapter, John 10, where John is explaining to people that he's the good shepherd, that there's other shepherds and they want to kill. They want to uh, steal and kill and destroy, but that he has come to bring life in all its fullness. And I suppose for the first time in this week, I became aware of a very dangerous sense in John 10, We've been watching movies every night and we watched I Am Legend this week and that's a fearsome movie. There's things come out of the night to take the life that is there in New York City when a virus has wiped out the city. It's almost too close for comfort. 
Uh, and it seemed to me that, that that danger, that that fear that was running through that movie this week is a fear that's running through John 9 and 10. Jesus is pointing to dangerous stuff, to difficult stuff. The thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. The Pharisees were there to steal and kill and destroy. They didn't want this guy to have life. They didn't want this guy to have this new wholeness of life. They didn't want this guy to have life in all its fullness because they were more interested in the law and principles and that this guy was a bad guy. And Jesus is coming here and he's saying, look, I am the good shepherd and I have come in order to guide us into green pastures and to take us through the valley of the shadow of death and to lead us to still waters and and to get us through these difficulties that are raging all around us. And just as a little side note, and we haven't time for side notes when you're doing services um, online because you're trying to keep the the service shorter than you usually do in an ordinary uh, church service. But just a little side note, um, Ben Glover has a song called The Ballad of Carla Boone. And in that song, he he challenges what, what did the preachers know what mark they leave? Now, he's not talking specifically about preachers like I'm a preacher, but I couldn't help but hear him. The mark that preachers leave. I started to critique my preaching, started to critique my lifetime of preaching, and I started to nearly ask for forgiveness for the wrong marks that I left in people's lives by the things I said. What marks do preachers leave? Well, in chapter 9 of John, we hear about religious people who are leaving a, a, a spiritual abuse mark on people. You couldn't be healed. You shouldn't be celebrating. You haven't been set free because the theology of it's all wrong rather than you have been set free. Jesus comes with a mark of love, a mark of life, a mark of positivity, a mark of inclusiveness, because the gate is not a gate of uh, to be uh, exclusive here. It's a gate that we have to go to other flocks to bring other people in. The mark of the preacher, the mark of the shepherd is one to watch when we decide what shepherd to follow. And we need to ask ourselves, what are the, who are the shepherds that we want to help us through coronavirus? Is it a shepherd? Forgive me, but it's the truth, so let me say it. Is it a shepherd who says, drink some bleach and it'll all be all right? Or maybe some light will pass through you and it'll all be all right? Is, is that the kind of shepherd we're, we're depending on as we try to get through coronavirus? And we've got to ask ourselves, who are those who will guide us best, not only through these times, but I think we have another question coming up, which is how do we come out the other end of these times? And what have we learned as the shepherd has guided us through these times? And it's interesting in the, the start of chapter 10 that Aaron read for us earlier, that the, the sheep know the voice of the good shepherd. They know the voice of the shepherd that leaves a loving mark. And we need to be listening incredibly carefully to that shepherd. The shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. The shepherd who comes to us with a tender compassion in the middle of this week of hitting the wall. A shepherd who wants to take us to safety. A shepherd who wants to nourish us. A shepherd who wants to love us. We've got to be listening to that shepherd. And I think we're in times when that shepherd is teaching us things that we're going to have to carry with us at the other end. What would those things be? Well, if Jesus is our shepherd, then we need to be listening to some of the stuff that Jesus said in his ministry that resonates much deeper and much more powerfully now than maybe it has at other times. There's that bit that Eugene Peterson translates when, when Jesus asks us to lay down our burdens to him. And uh, Eugene Peterson calls it the unforced rhythms of grace. There's something that I think we have found a little bit more in this coronavirus lockdown. We're not rushing about as madly as we used to do. And some people are saying to me, I don't want to go back to that. I don't want to go back to that mad scheduling where we were stretched to the nth degree every day of our lives with diaries crammed. There's been a new rhythm, maybe an unforced rhythm of grace in some ways. Is the shepherd telling us that we need to continue with this different rhythm, that we need to have more time for our families? We need to have less time for shopping. We need to have less time to squeeze in so many events that we are draining ourselves of the important issues of life. Jesus also tells us that we can't serve God and money. 
Now, I would suggest that at the other end of this, the two shepherds that will be shouting and trying to get our attention will be God and money. Because I think some of us have slowed down a little bit. I'm not even talking about just those of us in a church life. And life in, uh, in the manse is pretty hectic, although it's a different pace with different priorities. But I know some of you in work are saying that you're not doing as mad a day's schedule that you normally do, and you would love to keep that. And that's all very well. You're listening to maybe God the shepherd saying, get priorities right, change the rhythms of your life. But there's going to be another thing coming in here. And it is the God of this age. It's the shepherd of this age that is demanding more, 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 more. Bottom line, profit, higher stocks and shares. And when all that stuff squeezes in, we are going to have to be careful to listen to a shepherd that offers us life in all its fullness as he tells us the other shepherds are trying to steal and kill and destroy. Are we listening? And love your neighbour as yourself. I've been a bit public this week, a bit more public than I thought I was. I was walking down Osborne Park last a uh, couple of nights ago and this man said, saw you in the newspapers this morning. I didn't even know I was in the newspapers, though I'd done an interview about why I didn't think that churches should open right now. And I don't think churches should open right now because we need to love our neighbour. We need to consider our neighbour as more important than us. When we wear a mask, if we wear a mask, and Janice and a lot of the ladies in Fitzroy are making masks for lots of people, and I haven't worn one yet because I don't think it looks cool, but when I wear a mask, I'm not going to be wearing a mask to save me. I'm going to be wearing a mask in case I might share something wrong with other people. I don't want to go to church because I want to protect the congregation in Fitzroy from getting this awful virus. And also, I'm not going to go out my door on a Thursday night at 8 o'clock and cheer for the NHS and then do things that could put the NHS and the doctors and nurses and cleaners and all the people that Fitzroy have on that front line under any other pressure. If we listen to the shepherd during this time, he's telling us clearly to love our neighbours. And that's a sacrificial love. And that sacrificial love of neighbour needs to not just be when a virus threatens us imminently but it needs to be there all the time when we come out of this lockdown are we listening we're in a, a difficult phase of this pandemic we're in a difficult phase mentally spiritually emotionally we need to hear a shepherd who's going to guide us through jesus comes to us today and he says i am the good shepherd i lay down my life for the sheep and i want to offer you Life in all its fullness, even in the midst of the pandemic. It seems to me there's three things as we finish that the shepherd might be sharing with us this week. And the first is that God's saying to us, if you're struggling this week, if you're really at your wit's end this week, then I understand. And I offer tender compassion in the difficulties of this particular period. It's like in a marathon, you're two thirds of the way through, you suddenly hit a wall, you suddenly know, I don't know whether I can go on, but you've got to go on, you've got to keep the rhythms. And God comes to us at that time with tender compassion and he says, be gentle on yourself. I'm going to be gentle with you. I'm going to understand the difficulties that you're going through. However, I think as well as that, he points us to Jesus and he says, the tenacious courage that Jesus had, follow it. Jesus had a hit the wall. Jesus hit the wall in Gethsemane. Jesus didn't want to go through the cross to get to resurrection. He asked God to take the cup from him. He hit a wall. But he got a second wind when he prayed and he got up and he made it through the cross and through the ticker tape finish of resurrection. There's a tenacious courage about Jesus when he hits the wall. And that's an example for us as Jesus whispers to us, follow me. And then finally, in these TCs, uh, the tender compassion of God the Father, the tenacious courage as an example from Jesus, and the tireless creativity of the Holy Spirit, asking us to offer ourselves that we might be what he wants us to be for that neighbour. I can't help but thinking that this week particularly, a simple text message, a simple email, a simple phone call, or a letter sent by the post, or a card, or a WhatsApp prayer chain. Those things have been vitally important this week, and we all can do them. I think we know we're loved 
when we receive a text. I think we know we're loved when somebody has remembered us, when somebody has taken the time to send us a greeting. And I think with the tireless creativity of the Holy Spirit at the moment, the very simplest acts that we can do in our lockdown confinement of home can be incredibly powerful as people need tender compassion, as people need tenacious courage. The tireless creativity of the Holy Spirit through us might be the thing that helps us all be guided by the Good Shepherd through these difficult times to be in a better place because we've listened to the shepherd at the other end of it. So the invite's here today. 1010. I have come that you might have life in all its fullness. Oh, there's all things crashing down around us. Oh, we feel at the very end of our tether. But if we listen to the voice of the right shepherd, then we will come through this. We will come through this. Because God is tenderly compassionate. Jesus has got tenacious courage and the Holy Spirit is tirelessly creating all around us. God bless us in the week that is to come. again and we're getting used to it and we may actually have to get used to it when we come back into church there is no welcome area there is no tea and coffee unfortunately that part of our fellowship uh, is missing from us but as other churches i've noticed doing because you can not only go to fitzroy this morning you can go and visit other churches and listen to their service i've noticed people very cleverly saying why not just lift the phone after the service and phone somebody in the congregation maybe somebody that sits around you maybe somebody you've been thinking about and share fellowship that particular way there's obviously no prayer ministry either but if you have prayers that you want us to pray for there is a prayer line and if you do get the messages to us we will uh, pray for you after the benediction we are thrilled today 
to have uh, Martin Joseph uh, has allowed us to play his song that he's written particularly for this coronavirus time. And we were listening to it this week, Janice and I, and we just thought it's a lovely song to give us some sense of resilience. Martin has always said that songs are companions on the journey. Well, boy, we need songs as companions at the moment. So after the benediction, just give yourself a few more minutes and listen to Martin's song, and it might just help us fuel the week that is ahead. In Fitzroy, we um, our offering is the most important part of the service, and it's not because we ask for money. It's not an offering about money. No, as I've always said, if you're not able to give into the plate and you want to give, there's ways on the website that you can do that. But our offering on a Sunday morning is not about the money. It's about offering ourselves to God for the week that is ahead. And I think we need to offer ourselves to God in a few ways at the moment. We need to offer the fragility and the weariness and the anxiety, um, the mental stretching and the soul stretching that's going on uh, in this marathon now of coronavirus lockdown. So offer that to God and then offer to God yourself to be part of the Holy Spirit's creativity. In the midst of this, we can overcome it and we can imagine how to do things that we think we can't do. And we can have fellowship and community in spite of not being present. We can be a presence. So let's uh, offer ourselves to God in a moment. And then I'll pray a closing benediction over you that, as has been the case for the last few weeks, has been written for this particular week. So let's offer ourselves to God in the silence. And Lord, as we offer ourselves to you, I pray that we would know the tender compassion of the Father, the tenacious courage of Jesus the Son, and the tireless creativity of the Holy Spirit, a companion with us in the week ahead. In Jesus' name. Amen. <laughs>